0: Welcome once again to Action Church. hey before we get into uh, the message uh, on this Easter weekend, uh, I do want to highlight uh, that what the location pastors at all of our locations and our online hosts highlight as well this response card uh, at the end it is very, very important with Tens of thousands of people in our database. It's important for us to be able to take care of you, and one of the ways we can do that is if we have the correct information. I also want to highlight uh, at the end the A, B, C, and D. is not a test. This is not a Scantron. We're not scanning this later. There's no need to be nervous or anything. You're not. You can't fail the uh, the test at Action Church today. Uh, it's just something we're going to close out with, kind of a spiritual response at the end. Of our message. Um, if you're new with us, we are so honored that you chose to worship with us. We we'll also want to let you know that we're going to bring some context uh, to that song we just sang at the end of uh, our service because I could just understand it'd be a little weird. Why, why, why is there a fire? and why are we bringing another person into the fire? You know what I mean? Like, I was taught to bring people out of the fire. We're gonna bring some context to that at the end. We're gonna be okay. Isaiah chapter 43 uh, is gonna be our theme uh, verse uh, today on this Easter Sunday. Isaiah 43, one through three. Maybe you saw it in the lobby. You saw it in our opener, and uh, Pastor Evan did a phenomenal job with uh, the spoken word uh, just a few moments ago. It really is our theme for today. It says, but now... This is what the Lord says, and I don't know about you, but if the Lord is saying something, I'm listening, that he created the heavens and the earth and me. So he's saying this, he who created Jacob, he who formed you, Israel. He says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. And that's my prayer, that's that's my goal for our time together this Easter Sunday, is that we would walk out of here fearing a, a little bit less that fear keeps us in captivity and bondage. It holds us back from all that God has for us. And that spirit of fear is is often what the enemy uses to keep us from a life of faith. It says, I have summoned you by name and you are mine. And that's just such good news that the creators of the, the heavens and the earth, that he, he called you by name. Like, I don't know why you came here today to Winter Park, to Sanford, Oviedo, South Orlando. I don't know why you found us online. You may think it's an accident. I, I just believe that there, there are no accidents. He called you by name, that you're hearing this message because God loves you and he has a plan for your life and he, he has called you. You may have been forgotten by other relationships. You may have been have been called out or cut out of other relationships, but the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Jesus has called you back into relationship and he he knows you by name. Here's verse two, it's important. We're gonna get to this in just a moment. This word right here, when, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I wanna compare two types of people this Easter Sunday, and I really think it's, it's either or. There's a lot of occasions at Action Church where we talk about not picking sides but picking people, but I think when it comes to fear versus faith, when it comes to these two type of people that I'm gonna describe in just a moment, I really do think it's either or. I really think we are either a, a what if type of person we always ask questions like, what if this happens and what if that happens, and I don't know about this. We are a what if type of person or we are an even if type of person. It's either or, it's a, it's a comparison. We know there are two categories in a lot of situations in life. Come on, let me illustrate this morning. How many of you are last minute people? Come on, last minute. Why do today what well, you could procrastinate to tomorrow? Come on, procrastinators unite tomorrow. Just last minute, like, come on, you are buying Christmas presents on Christmas Eve. Come on, guys, you're buying Valentine's cards and flowers on the way home from work. And she knows, because they're never the good ones. It's a dozen, but only three of them were picked up off the floor. Like, you're just, you're just grabbing petals from everywhere. You're like, here. I've been thinking about you, and by thinking about you, I mean seven minutes ago at Publix. It may be CVS, because Publix was out. Come on, where are my prepared people that just judged all of us last minute people? You're prepared, like you're just all in order, just organized, and you think we're lazy and apathetic. Where are my, where are my glass half full type people? Come on, my, my positive people. Pastor Eddie's saying yes here, because he's the most positive person I know. I pray for his wife, Nelsa, all the time. Because I pass him at 5.30 in the morning in our neighborhood, and he's like shimmying down the road. like. Nobody should be that excited. 530, sometimes you just splash mud on them, just to see. And I wanna call you out in front of the whole congregation, Pastor Eddie. You are the biggest man with the two smallest dogs I've ever seen in my life. Like it, (laughs) I'm gonna buy you a Great Dane. (laughs) Where are my half-empty people? Come on, my half-empty? Nobody ever raised their hand here. You're so pessimistic, you're like, I'm not volunteering for anything. Where are my patient people? I shouldn't have my hand. My hand should be down here. My patient, patient you're patient in here, just very patient. Impatient. Come on, I don't, put an, I don't put an action magnet on my car because when I'm driving, I'm not representing the Lord or Action Church. <laughs> where, are my, where are my morning people at, morning people? My son's a morning person. He woke me up a few weeks ago at 545 and said, son, Jesus and your father both are not up at 545. Go back to sleep. He's cooking his breakfast, he's cooking me breakfast, he's 10 years old. Morning people, where are my late night people? Come on, late night people, yep. That's why you're at the 1045 service. You were late, late night, and late to 1045. It is the middle of the morning. (laughs) Yep. Yep, it's amazing. Last minute. Yeah, I get you. I'll be there. I got it. One of my boxers, people, but guys, my don't raise your hand. I don't care what you're wearing. (laughs) It's just either, it's either or. You're either what if and write this down if you're taking notes, what if people focus on fear? What if people, they they focus on fear? What if people always play out the worst case scenario and then worry about it? But even if people, but I believe we're gonna exchange today in our time together, even if type of faith, it focuses on just that, it focuses on faith, it focuses on, on Jesus. But there's some real fears in our life. I don't want to minimize it, but I, I do want to make fun of it for just a second. Let's go to some phobias. Some of y'all gonna catch that later. Some phobias. These are some phobias that you may have or I may have, hopefully not. I found some this week. There are people that are afraid of mirrors. That's really you're afraid of yourself. I think this is mostly female, because I haven't met many guys who don't love themselves a mirror. Come on, guys, guys will walk by a car and be like, who is that? Oh, that's me. Yes, it is. All tucked in, looking good on Easter. Crazy thing about guys is you could be 100 pounds overweight, balding, and have a gap in your teeth and be like, what's up? (laughs) Man, you're lucky to have me. You're not afraid of a mirror, you're afraid of the gym, sir. (laughs) That's the line? That was it? Okay. It's good to know. I got one more service, I'll cut that one. Found another one, It's it's a fear of beards. That's weird, you're afraid of beards. I think I am, I'm 36 years old and I can't grow a beard. I haven't shaved in six months. (laughs) If you have a personal prayer request for your pastor, just put on, I would like to hit puberty by 40. (laughs) There's people that are afraid of belly buttons, their own belly button. That's weird. Here's one, plutophobia, it's a fear of money. People are afraid of money. And I just wanna set you free today. If you're afraid of money, we have giving stations at all of our locations. I do not want you to hold on to that fear. Release that, release that today and we will use it for the glory of God. I had some irrational fears growing up. I really thought quicksand was gonna be a little more prevalent. Come on, old Western movies, kids' movies, I really thought my best friend Billy, he was gonna die in quicksand. We were playing hide and seek in the woods. All of a sudden it was going great until Billy died. He sunk, suffocated. I, never, I just never seen irrational fears, like the monster under the bed. You know, you peek at, oh, thank God it's not there. Adult fears, the murderer behind the shower curtain. Ah! Like, what are we gonna do if he's there? I'm in a tight, confined space, probably in my boxers with no weapons. Should've thought this out. We have irrational fears, but we have some legitimate fears. And what if people replay fearful questions over and over and over again? And one of them revolves around the idea of rejection. We ask the question, what if they don't accept me? That may be what kept you from from church for a long time. May keep you from joining a team or joining a small group. They don't know where I've been. They don't know what I've done. I'm surprised the building didn't fall in on itself when I walked through the church doors. What if this place doesn't accept me? What if this business doesn't accept me? What if this college that I'm applying for doesn't accept me? What if I don't get the promotion and this what if question keeps us from ever taking a risk or doing anything great for God? What about the the fearful question, the, the what if? What if I fail or what if I don't measure up? What if I fall short? And that fear of failure, that, that what if, what if I fail will, will keep you stuck in stagnation and keep you from fulfilling the destiny that God has for your life. And can I just kind of set you free this morning? There are gonna be times where you fall short. In fact, we all have. The Bible declares that for all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When it comes to the ultimate standard, none of us measure up. If the enemy continues to remind us that we're we're not good enough and that we're gonna fail, he's convinced us that it's wrapped up in our ability. If God was relying on your ability to do things in and through you, he would have stopped that investment a long time ago. You're not that good. And you're also not that bad. He doesn't need your ability. He wants you to be available to him. And true faith is saying, God, I'm gonna do everything I can do, but I know that you're gonna start doing supernatural through me when I get to the end of me and the end of my limitations and that gap between where I stop and where you pick it up, that's actually when great things happen. And I'm not gonna allow the enemy to use failure to, to keep me down. I'm gonna use that failure to learn and allow God to refine something in me and I'm gonna get better. Amen. It's an even if exchange. The last one, what if, is judgment. What if people criticize me? I don't think you should be worried about people criticizing you. I think we should be worried when people stop. Because you have one or two options in this life, in my opinion. You can either be a creator or you can be a critic. Creators don't have time to criticize and critics aren't doing anything with, their, with creating anything. So all they do is try and tear people down because they feel like they're not good enough. But I don't, I don't wanna talk, at, yeah, criticism hurts, judgment hurts. Have you ever noticed, like we're human. Have you ever noticed that you can get 99 encouragements, 99 affirmations and one critic and then you just keep replaying the, the what if from that judgment or that critic over and over again? The enemy is good as his job. And that one voice plays louder and louder and louder. And I wanna exchange something today on this Easter Sunday. I'd like for us to exchange that that voice from not from a critic, but from our creator. That you are chosen, that you are called by name, that you are redeemed in his opinion of you. What he says about you how much he values you, is the only thing that matters. And when we accept that love and acceptance, I'm just here to tell you that we accept the love of God, the fear of man and the fear of rejection and the fear of failure and the fear of judgment, it begins to subside. And that's not opinion, that's in 1 John chapter four. I wanna read it to you. When we receive God's love, it begins to change some things in us. God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has run of the house. because It becomes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. And what that means is when Jesus died on the cross, God no longer sees us as we are if we accept Jesus. He sees us as he sees his son, that we are co-heirs with Jesus. Here's the point in context of this idea. There is no room in love for fear. So when we accept that God is love and he loves us and he saved us, it begins to to expel that fear. In fact, the next line says, well-formed love banishes fear. It expels it. It, it, it gets rid of it. It evicts it from our house. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment, is one not yet formed fully in love because we're so obsessed with what could happen. Like we could have a great moment today in church and the the message could speak to you or worship could speak to you or the moment could speak to you, the Holy Spirit meets you here, but then you walk out of here still obsessed with the question of what could happen. And can I just set you free today? It's not if it's gonna happen. Like people are gonna hurt you. People are gonna disappoint you. Tragedy will strike your home. We live in a fallen world, people will die, people will disappoint. That's that's pretty negative. But the enemy has us on pins and needles with if, but God says, no, 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 it's when, but when it happens, I'm gonna be right there. Like, let's look at it, Isaiah 43, Isaiah 43. I didn't expect you to clap there, great job. You're the first one in five services there, thank you. (laughs) Above and beyond, A for effort. Yeah. It's not if, it's when. It's when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Yeah. You know, I'd rather be in the waters over my head with the presence of God than anywhere else without him. Come on, amen. Like I, And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. Why? Because God is right there with you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. See, what if is a question. And the enemy In the Bible, it's called the accuser. He's great at asking questions with no answer because he knows that we're gonna fill it in with the worst case scenario. And we know this to be a tool of his because it's it's what toxic, manipulative, gossipy people do. Hey, have you heard? Hey, what about they ask questions without knowing the answer, hoping that you will fill it in with the worst case scenario. The enemy does the same thing. But the good news of the gospel is it an even if type of faith? It's not a question. Even if in any situation is a statement. It's a declaration. Even if is an answer, because we know the answer is a relationship and a, and a following and a, and a trusting of Jesus Christ himself. Write, write this down, make it simple. True faith, see what if is based off of what happens. But true faith isn't in the result True faith is in the risen Savior. What I mean by that is true faith is not in what God can do for you. True faith is in who God is at his core, at his character. And who he is, is love. And how do we know that he is love? Because he sent his one and only son to die for you and for me. It's important that we understand the context that Jesus didn't just die for us, he lived for us. One reason to show us how, to show us how to live, to be an example to be the standard. But the second reason is because you and I, as unholy people, could never be reconciled to a holy God. So he lived a perfect life because our sin demanded a sacrifice, it demanded a substitute. So when he died on the cross, his body broken so that you could be made whole, his blood shed so that you and I could be redeemed, When he died, he died in your place. Let me say it this way. He didn't die just for you. He died as you. Like he took all of your sin and all of your shame and all of your mistakes once and for all. And that cross gives us access to grace and mercy, forgiveness, our our salvation. But the story doesn't stop there. What we're celebrating this Easter Sunday is that he has risen from the grave And that resurrection didn't just fulfill Old Testament prophecy, it it made it possible for death to lose its sting, that death has lost its finality, that sin is defeated and death is no longer a period, it's a comma and an entrance into eternity if we accept Jesus. But there is a part that you and I play, We we can feel that, we can hear that, we can know that, but if we do not accept that, it does not change us. God created us to worship him, to know him and to make him known. But he gave us this thing called free will. And he gave us a choice. He gave us a choice to live a a what if fearful life, like what if this happens? What's gonna happen on my day eternity? It will take you all the way until your death if you're overcome by fear, if you're in control. Or you can exchange that for an even if type of faith. How do you do that, Romans 10? If you, me, if we openly declare that Jesus is Lord, I need to stop right there because that's important. The lordship of Jesus is what we're confessing. See, we like to confess Jesus as friend, and he is the best friend you'll ever have. We love to confess Jesus as a great teacher and prophet, which are both true. We love, we even love to confess him and believe that he's our savior, and he is. But that's not the first step to salvation. It's confess Him as Lord. Why is that important? Because Lordship requires surrender. Like I'm surrendering my control to your lead. Like I'm no longer in control of my life. And, and so many of us in seasons like to give Jesus a part of our life. And I need to be really clear that Jesus is not good at sharing. Wouldn't be strong in the orange or purple room here at Action Church. Not so much of a sharer. That Jesus Christ is either Lord of all or not Lord at all. So we make this confession. We are surrendering our life, our time, our finances, our our future, our families to the lordship of Jesus. We believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. For it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God. It is by openly declaring your faith that you are saved. As the scriptures tell us, anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Jew and Gentile are the same in this respect, and that's important. What does it mean there? Paul's writing the church in Rome, and Paul was really a missionary to the Gentiles. See, before this, God's chosen people were the people of Israel, Jewish people, and now the gospel, the good news of Jesus, going throughout the world to Jew and Gentile, to to God's people who had been religious. Let's bring it in context of 2021, that this gospel, this confessing with my mouth and believing in my heart, it's not just for church people. It's not just for people that pretend to hold the moral high ground. It's not for those of you who knew the songs and tucked in your shirt, knew to get here on time and had it all figured out. You've got lunch plans and all of your family follows God. It's not just for you, it is for you too. But it's for everybody. That God is no respecter of persons and Jesus did not just die for perfect people, he died for all. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jews and Gentiles, same respect. They have the same Lord who gives generously to all who call on him. For everyone, Everyone. you just need to hear that today. There's somebody in one of our rooms or online that you feel like you've done too much to come back to Jesus, and it's just not true. For nothing, the Bible says, can separate you from the love of God. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, and if you do that, that perfect, that that well-formed love that matures in us, it begins to banish fear, Doubt begins to disappear in your life. Fear begins to fall off of you day by day. And seriously, literally, simply saying, the day you give your life to Jesus is the day that death dies. It no longer has a hold. Doesn't mean we don't grieve. We're going through a season of loss here at Action Church with one of our families. Doesn't mean we don't hurt. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you stop being human. It just means we have a different perspective. This means we have a hope. This is not a finality or a goodbye. We just, we grieve differently because we have Jesus. There's three things I wanna give you, three things before we get out of here. It's Easter Sunday. Just practically, if we're gonna be even if type people. The first one is this, even if people prioritize principle. Even if people prioritize principle that truth is our foundation. Let's go to God's word, it's not my opinion. Proverbs chapter three. My child, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in mind. Then you will live a long time and your life will be successful. Keep keep my commands. Titus chapter two, verse seven, eight. In every way, be an example of doing good deeds. When you teach, do it with honesty and seriousness. Speak the truth so that you cannot be criticized. Then those who are against you will be ashamed because there's nothing bad to say about us. That's not contradicting, people will criticize. What it's saying here is live and teach and talk in such a way that your life will prove them to be a liar. People are gonna talk, people are gonna say things, but Paul is writing to his son in the faith, Titus, saying no, no, live off principle, live off character and integrity, just keep doing the right thing, and your life will prove your critics to be a liar. Because truth trumps feelings. I'm not gonna get many claps in this service, Pastor Ready, for this next point, or at Sanford, or, or South, or Oviedo, because in 2021, we love, us, we love us some feelings. God, we'll build our whole life around a feeling. God, we love an opinion, too, right? Man, you just be honest. Like, I know you're afraid of mirrors, but look yourself in the mirror right now and just know you love your opinion. We'll build a whole life around it. But our feelings, We're never meant to be foundational, truth is. Feelings are are great indicators, but terrible decision makers. Let me say it this way, feelings on this journey of life are great passengers, but they're terrible pilots. They shouldn't be in charge. Let me illustrate, how how many of you have have, have flown an airplane before? Only like 30 people here at Winter Park. (laughs) I'm not raising my hand, this guy, I don't trust him. No, seriously, you've been on a plane before? Like, yep, yep. Yep, still about 70%. The rest of you just never seen an airplane. How many of you have ever heard of an airplane before? <laughs> yeah, 83 million, like, come through our, our airport. You're like, I don't even know what he's talking about. It's the big metal tube with wings on it, and just, flies oh, in the air. Get on an airplane. This is what it feels like. This is what it, it, it's like to live based off your feelings. Get on an the airplane. There are two humans on that plane on a domestic flight. They have uniforms on. They're flying the plane a pilot and a co-pilot, you know what they did? They went to school, they did some simulators, flew some smaller jets, maybe served in the armed forces. You may be afraid of flying, but you're pretty secure. Hey, these two humans, they've done this before. We're gonna get from here to Atlanta okay. That's the truth. They're qualified to be a foundation for your trust in flying you from Orlando to Atlanta. How would you feel if the pilot got on the intercom and said, We're gonna have a slight change today. I'm not gonna be flying, I'm gonna be sitting. Sir, in 30B, would you get up here and fly this plane? Who, who, who's in 30B? Now there's a chance that my man in 30B is a former pilot. Maybe he's retired, maybe he's done this before, but there's a good chance he has no idea what he's doing and you would not trust him to fly your plane. But you will get on a blog or a social media account or a friend, say, I heard, Uh and it feels good, Uh and it confirms your opinion already, you're like, I'm gonna build my life off of somebody else's opinion or feeling. All while having the truth and the foundation of the Word of God accessible to all of us, we think, nah, I don't need a pilot, I'll take 30B. I'm not gonna trust him to fly my plane. I'm definitely not gonna trust somebody who has no education, experience, or foundation in the Word of God to lead me in my life. We gotta, we gotta live our life based off of principle. <laughs> Second thing, even if type faith prioritizes presence, prioritizes presence, God's presence. James chapter four says, come near, or come close to God, he will come close to you. I love the old NIV or New King James where it says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It says this going forward, I need to make sure I get it right because it's important for this, this point. Come close to God, he'll come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, purify your hearts. Check this out. For your loyalty is divided between God and the world. If we're gonna prioritize presence, we have to release control, release what we're trusting in first and prioritize God's presence. There are painful situations, church, that only time in God's presence can heal. We believe in counseling. We have great partners at Action Church. We believe in proper medication. We believe in in education and knowledge and healthy relationships, but all of those, if you're gonna be an even-if type of person, have to be ancillary or secondary to a foundation of God's presence in your life. There is just some peace that you're gonna need But the Bible says surpasses all understanding that is only gonna come when you pray. Not when you ask somebody's opinion. Not when you set up an appointment. Again, I need you to hear very clearly. Those are all great building blocks, but they're terrible foundations. God's presence produces an even if type of faith. Here's the third one. Prioritize principle, prioritize presence. Last one is even if people prioritize perspective. Perspective. We have to exchange the fear of what if, what's gonna happen now, and what's gonna happen next week, and what's gonna happen with my kids, and what's gonna happen with my mom and my dad as they age, and and I don't know about the economy, and I don't know about a political system, and I don't know about all these things here and now. If you focus on here and now, you will always be fearful. That's why the Bible says that we have to have this eternal focus. It says, do I look to the hills? No, that's not where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. It says that we are here today and gone tomorrow. Our life is but a mist, but a vapor. That there's a perspective change that helps us walk through painful seasons. It's an eternal perspective. That these few years we share on earth are important because God put us here, but in light of infinite time, these are light and momentary troubles compared to the glory that God has for us. And honestly, as your pastor, if you don't have an eternal perspective, if you don't have a real relationship with Jesus, I don't know how to help you through the painful seasons. When the waters rise and the storm surge and the fire comes in, if you don't have a, a principle-based life where you're not gonna Fall to feelings and opinions, if you don't have a a presence-driven life where you have a a genuine, authentic relationship with the the, the Spirit of God, if you do not have a perspective that looks past what's happening to you to what God has for you and what he's trying to do on the inside of you, I just don't know how you get through it. The truth is you can't have any of those without an authentic relationship with Jesus. So I wanna give you that opportunity now. I want you to pull out that response card if you would. A response card, all of our locations. Come on, I'd love for everybody to participate. Our ushers are walking around right now. Could you raise your hand if you don't have a response card, if you snuck in here, didn't get a response card. our ushers didn't see you. Could you just raise your hands? I got several in the middle here, a couple back here, Stadium. Come on, Sanford, Oviedo, South. If you're worshiping with us online, be in the comment box or attached to the tab on Church Online, whatever platform you're using. around. Anybody else raise your hand? Usher, see you. Thank you. One in the back right here in the middle. By the camera. Got several over here. Thank you, team. Doing a great job. I want everybody that has a response card to fill out one of these four boxes. Let me lay them out for you. Here's the first one, team, you can put it on the screen. It's A. It's all, I'm already in a real relationship with Jesus. And we praise God for that. If you check that box, your eternity is secure, you're living for God. I have a challenge for you. If you check A, you should be, hear this very clearly, you should be using your gifts, your time, your talent, and your resources to further the kingdom of God, to make sure other people can check A in the future which means you should be connected to a local life-giving church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It's what he's returning for, his bride. You should be building a local church. We'd love for you to hear here at Action Church, to go to Action Steps, to join a group, to begin to, to invest in the kingdom of God. If it's not here, you don't like our flow or our theme or my pants, whatever you don't like, that's fine. Find a pastor or a leader We have some great friends in the community. There's so many great churches in uh, Central Florida. We'd love to connect you to a church so you can check that box and prove it to be true by living a life of faith and fulfillment using your gifts, using your time, using your talent. Here's a second one, B. I'm beginning a real relationship with Jesus. Sometime in worship, sometime when the Word was being preached, Romans 10, whenever it was, the Holy Spirit spoke to you and you know today is your day of salvation, that you're beginning a relationship with Jesus, that you're, you're, you're gonna be a little less fearful walking out of here and a little more full of faith because Jesus is gonna be Lord of your life. You're beginning a relationship, check, check that box, and all of heaven is celebrating with you right now. It's the first day in your walk with Jesus. Others of you, you're like me, you're a slow learner. Come on, I did super kindergarten. Anybody else do a super K? Didn't get it all the first time. I had to do a little redo. Nobody at 1045 knows anything about three. to No super kindergartners in here. I didn't get it all the first time. Honestly, I was eight years old, walked an aisle, prayed a prayer, and uh, I think I knew Jesus maybe as friend or Savior or teacher. I think I appreciated him, but all throughout my teenage years, I didn't, I didn't live for God. He was not the Lord of my life, and I remember at 19, I recommitted my life. So for some of you today at Action Church, it's not beginning, it's beginning again. It's a recommitment that you say, he's never been Lord of my life, he's been included in my life, but he's never been in control. You're gonna check that box today. You're gonna begin again a relationship with Jesus, and start an even if type of faith journey. Here's the third one, See, i I'm still considering a real relationship with Jesus. And that's okay, consider away. Drink our free coffee. Come to Action Steps every week, free food and child care. In fact, drop them off at Action Kids, take your family out to brunch. Just kidding, don't do that, it's illegal. It's like kidnapping in 37 states, don't do that. But seriously, consider, consume, yes. criticize. Just come. We have a seat for you. You don't have to believe everything we believe here to belong. Just come, consider a way. We just believe through authentic community and. Time in God's presence. We, we believe you may, may change your mind, but we're we'll praying for that. Here's the last one. This was tough. It's D. I don't intend on ever starting a real relationship with Jesus, and I just love for you to be honest. We're not going to stalk you. We're not going to come by your house. We're just going to pray for you that you would find the hope that we have found. That when life comes at you, when the storms rage and the waters rise, that God's gonna meet you there, and you're gonna remember this message. You may not believe it right now, but your worst moment, I'm just believing the presence of God's gonna meet you right there. And remind you, you may not believe in him, but he believes in you. He loves you. He gave everything for you. I wanna go back to the, the people that checked B. If you did that, i want to lead you in a prayer. I think it's really important that you know this prayer is not the end, it's the beginning. The Bible actually calls you to be a disciple of Jesus. We believe at Action Church, you have to make a decision to start the journey of becoming a disciple. And so, we're gonna pray the prayer. There's nothing important about the words you're praying. It is what's happening on the inside of you of releasing control and surrendering your life, your will to Jesus. Would you bow your heads at all of our locations, every head bowed, every eye closed. God, we love you. We thank you for your Word today. If you check that B box, would you pray this in your heart as I pray it out loud, say this, say, God. I love you, and God, I thank you for saving me. I acknowledge today that I'm a sinner, and I'm saved only by your grace, and I'm confessing, I'm declaring with my mouth, and I'm believing in my heart that you are the Lord, and I'm giving you that place, complete and total control, surrendering to you, in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody at Action Church said amen and amen. Church, can we celebrate all of the people that checked B? I am so proud of you.